Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Black woman. Beautiful. Powerful. Resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Johnny. How's your week been? Well, for starters, my voice is almost back, so yay, yay with that. But, you know, laryngitis is not a joke. Like, even after you get better, your voice is still recuperating for like four weeks. So that's why I still semi sound like a man, but my voice is almost back. So instead of hearing that like raspy, like, bye at the end, you guys will actually hear like my clear, like, bye, you know, yay. So it's the little things that count. But either way, Christmas was fantastic. And I hope all of our listeners had a fantastic Christmas because. I did. This is the first year since, you know, obviously the separation of the boys that I've hosted Christmas. And I had 23 friends and family here in town with me um, to help celebrate. So we had people in my house, people in the Airbnb, and we just had a good old fashioned time. I had a whole agenda, a whole schedule scheduled for the three days leading up to Christmas plus post-Christmas days. And actually, I still have people in my house right now. So it's been good to be able to spend time with friends and family. So it's been fantastic. And I went back to work today for the first time. So we're recording a couple days after Christmas. So you guys are getting this like, this is like pretty much live. I mean, you guys are going to get this tomorrow. So um, actually, you're going to get this like today. today. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... It's been good. I mean, I cannot complain. I feel like 2024 is going to be amazing. And I'm just going to speak that to existence because there's so many things that I want to do. I need to just regroup, refocus, do the vision board over again with a couple of missing things and go from there. So I am just definitely looking forward to next year. So how's your week been, Johnny? Okay, first I have questions. Who's all at your house? What's going on? Yeah, so give me the details. So, um, my, you know, my dad passed away when I was 10. I think that, uh, by now I feel like I've told the listeners that, but if you're new, my dad passed away when I was 10. And, um, so my uncles have really just stepped up to be like the men in my life. Like I had five uncles stand up when I got married to give me away to say, who gives us right away? Like they all stood up and said, I do. Um, so my dad's two brothers, two of my dad's brothers were here. My grandmother was here, which is great that Harrison got to spend time with his great grandmother and that she's able-bodied and able to go up and down the stairs and she doesn't have any medical problems. And, you know, someone is like 90 that just has zero medical problems. It's just a blessing, right? And my sister was here. Her oldest son and his girlfriend was here. Girl spreading all the holiday cheer, talking about how she want to ring. For graduation, I was like, uh-oh, okay, well, we getting serious. You bold, like, speaking that in front of the whole family? Really, though? But she's been around since, like, they were friends in high school, and they started dating right after high school. And, you know, now Chris has graduated. He's graduated a year ago now, so. And, you know, he is looking for a finance job. So anybody have a job in finance or accounting, like, scoot my way, because we're trying to hook my, my nephew up. But either way, um, you know, they were here. 
I had some friends from Houston. They were here. Some sorors were in town that are like now adopted family because they've lost both their parents and they were like only children. So they were in town with their kids. So it's just good like to have like friends and family and friends that you now claim as family. Like my mom gave them gifts and said, you guys are now my adopted daughters. It was really nice. It was really nice, really sweet. So uh, we had a house full. And so you know, we have a house full of people. It's a constant entertainment, right? Like, what are they going to eat? Do we have enough alcohol? Where are we going to go? You know, who's going to do the things on the agenda? Do we need to create another agenda? So it was just interesting, all the moving pieces. And people were supposed to leave yesterday, so the 26th. And some people had such a good time, they extended their stay for a couple more days. So I had people move from the Airbnb to my house as people transitioned out. So it's just been, it's a lot. So to say who's been, who was here, 20 people that don't live here were here, period. Well, that sounds like fun. Ken and I had a much quieter Christmas. It was our first official Christmas in our new place. And it was kind of bittersweet. I mean, the tree was cute. It's super adorable. But like, I sat on a dining room table. Girl, like, it's been great, though. It was very quiet. It was very quaint. And yeah, it's the first Christmas that I haven't spent with like, my extended family. And I miss them. But I think that they kind of understood. And also, I was supposed to go to my mentor, Cheryl's house, and I didn't even make it because I, you know, you know how when you have a quiet Christmas and it's like, you're really relaxed and you're like, oh, wait a second. I took a nap and I woke up and it was like four hours later as opposed to an hour later. Yeah. That's kind of how my Christmas went. But yeah, it was, it was great. I don't have any complaints at all. But you know, sometimes those are the best, like those rendezvous Christmases and holidays. Yeah, baby. Who you want to be cooped up with? Yo, man, right? I love that. And, you know, being, you know, divorced, it it is different, right? Like, I long for just, like, a romantic holiday with just me and, you know, a love, a lover. But that's just not my reality. And, you know, I have a four-year-old. So Christmas, like, that's a major kid holiday, right? Like, there will be no Christmas rendezvous until Harrison is out of the house and probably has his own family. Because even in college or trade school, wherever he's going, he'll be coming back for the holidays, right? So that is like the family holiday. I may can do like an Easter rendezvous or something like that, but not a Christmas rendezvous. So, you know, honestly, that's like one of the best things to do, Jenny. And as hard as you work, you probably needed to sleep and take a nap because let me tell you something, girl, you don't take breaks. You don't take naps. You just be working like nobody's business. I ain't never seen nothing like it. And so for you to say that you woke up and it's four hours later, like, I'm proud of you. I'm actually proud of you for taking a nap. Thank God. Maybe 2024 will be more restful for you. I pray God gives you sleep and sleep you need in 2024. So you can be well-rested. Hallelujah. 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 Anyway, so for our listeners, how was Christmas for you guys? Did, was it amazing or did you, you know, fight with your ex or your ex-husband? Did your kids get on your nerves? Let us know about it. Let us know about how Christmas Hold on, Nicole. Did you just ask the people if they was fighting with their ex-husband? <laughs> I did because a lot of things happen Christmas. Christmas <laughs> is always, not always a joyous occasion, okay? People get in fights, people people pop up, people pop up and pop off. I'm just saying, let us know all the tea, okay? What happened? Wouldn't it be nice if we could have Christmas on like December 25th and then have Christmas again on like January 1st and then like January 8th then is New Year's? That would be ideal. Girl, the side hoes do do that. What are you talking about? We did a whole episode on Oh, we can't call them. Yep. And that last episode, let me tell you. Hey, listen, 2024, I call it how it is. I'm going to call it how it is in 2024. Let me just say this. It does not pay to be the side piece because you always will get the leftovers and the had been and the, you, how does it feel to pick up somebody else's trash? 
girl, listen, that's why I tell these jokers all the time. People can say they love you, they want you, unless there's some ring going on said finger. Ain't none of it true. Say that again. Okay, y'all. Are y'all, did y'all get engaged this, this, this Christmas? Cause you know, I saw a lot of engagement pictures. Were y'all in matching pajama season or were y'all sitting having quiet or, or very busy Christmas like Nicole and I? What, what were y'all doing? Tell us, share with us. We saw some pictures. We love them, but like, come share with us, you know, and it was Nicole's birthday. It was. Some of y'all were engaged with them like, we're going to be honest in 2024. Nah, uh, Nicole. Nah, Nicole. Right, you yes, have to finish that. Right. Some of y'all was Honey, engaged with one, me, Nicole. Go ahead, Janine, tell the people. You know them like them like tiny diamonds that make up that one diamond. You know them not really prominent stone ring. We hate those. Like throw those away. Leave those in twenty twenty three. Make your husband upgrade you. If you got one of them, you look down. You can't see what the di- dominant stone is. Like, listen. 2024, we're not doing that. We're not doing that $500 ring. I said it because our listeners are of a different caliber and we are above the clustered diamond look in 2024. Oh my God. Y'all going to throw me away. Y'all going to hate me in 2024. I'm telling you. Nicole, some people like the clustered diamonds. They like the bigger. Let me tell you something. I'm past the diamonds. I'm not doing a cluster diamond. I'm not doing a solitaire diamond. I'm not doing that. You know what I'm talking about. That ring that don't have that dominant diamond, it can be a cushionite, okay? Meaning you got a, a center ring and a ring of diamonds around. That's great. I used to have a ring like that. But again, that teeny ring, as long as it has one prominent diamond, we're not talking about the size, okay? But that you know what I'm talking about. You can have one little teeny stone and it'd be good. But that little... That diamond, you can't tell if it's a diamond or if it's really a silver, you know, jigsaw puzzle in the middle. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Stop it. Let me let me just tell y'all what we're about to talk about tonight. Okay, and it's kind of relevant to what Nicole's been saying, so y'all bear with me. Okay, so you know that the majority of this year, because I went back through the episodes, and if you all haven't, go back through the episodes. And the hot ones, because, you know, we had some really good episodes this year, so the hot ones, go share them with your friends. But I went back through the episodes this year, and for the majority of this year, we've actually talked about, you know, dating and marriage and divorce and just relationships in general, relationships with our significant other, relationships with our friends. The majority of this year has been about relationships. So last week we talked to the ladies specifically. We were talking to them about being realistic about where we stand with these men and really what our relationships look like going into cupping season. Well, this week we are going to talk to everyone, but specifically we're going to talk to the men. So ladies, grab your man and gather around, like, you know, gather around your phone or wherever you listen to us. Maybe you listen to us on Alexa. Maybe you listen to us. I don't know where you listen to us, but wherever you listen to us, gather around. Like it's, you know, the 1950s, like early 1950s where people gathered around the radio, pretend. But if not, if you, if you don't have him, if he's not next to you, just send him this episode. That'll do too. So here's, here's what we're going to do. We're all going to share this episode with a significant other, male or female, but specifically if you're a woman and you have a male significant other, we're going to share this episode. Okay? Deal? That's what we're doing. So here we go. Now, we can't really take credit for this because we got this from Anthony C. And Anthony C. goes by the Trill, T-R-I-L-A-C. And he has a, a content creation that is called crew season so k-r-e-w season so if you want to go look for them or look for this instagram hit them up at the trill ac or at crew season and he said it not us so you can't really blame us for this but basically he said that the right woman should scare you a little bit if you're a man and you're with the right woman you should be a little bit scared that's what he's saying and so I'm not going to explain it to you. I'm going to let him explain it to you. That woman doesn't scare you a little bit, then you with the wrong one. And what I mean by scare you is force you to elevate. Right? It's kind of similar to you being on a job. Right? You've been working this job for five to ten years in a position open up. Pay more money, but it's more responsibility. Right? And it's, it's a bit difficult. It's a bit intimidating. It's a bit scary. Like, man, like, am I really worthy of 
climbing up here, man, and taking on all this newfound responsibility, or do I just want to stay where I'm at? I'm close, I'm comfortable here. I know my job, you know, the pay is not where I want it to be, but hey, this is comfortable, right? That new position is going to scare you a little bit. It's going to intimidate you a little bit because it's going to require you to step up and be a better version of yourself. That is the type of effect that a great woman has on you. Like when we out here dealing with women who are unworthy of us, we can just get away with doing what we want to do. A great woman is not just accepting bare minimum. She's going to force you to elevate or she's going to walk. Now, Nicole, when I heard this, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Say that, right? And then I was like, I had to really sit and think about it, right? Now, Nicole, you know that, that we're church babies. So I was going to... I wasn't really going to go into like super church, but it's, it's kind of fitting. So I had to ask this, this isn't a preaching episode. So let's not, we're not going to go that far down the road, but like, doesn't it say that, you know, the women are supposed to be the help me. So isn't that supposed to be how this happens? Like you feel like you're there. Like you feel like you've made it as a man. Like you feel like you've gotten to that point. And then voila, this woman comes into your life and she's like, here's where you can elevate, right? I feel like that's how it's supposed to go. I mean, maybe not in those specific terms, but like, that's really how it's supposed to go. I feel like we're supposed to help to elevate these men. And we were sent here to help them become the fullest, most, most brilliant version of themselves. So the guys are probably going to hate this. Like the guys are probably going to be like, why, why are these two ladies talking about this? But the reality is, is we don't really actually need them. We can live our full lives, our full potential. We can excel and be great and amazing, you know, bosses without them. We don't need them for that. Like, they need us. The Lord sent us, we're going to say the Lord, because the Lord sent us here for them. But I don't think that they quite see it like that. So we're going to break this down really quick, right? So for them to go to their potential or to achieve their potential or go further in life, they kind of need us. They kind of need the person that says, hey, this is great. It's great that you make a million dollars, but we're going to get you to 10 million, right? I don't really think that men really see it like that. I'm going to refer to one of my really close friends and he did an interview not that long ago and they asked him, you know, how did you become so successful? Like he just, he was 40 under 40 with me and he's, you know, the it guy. Right. And they were like, well, how did you get here? And he was like, trust black women. And he was honest, right? Like he, it's a great, you know, he's done great. He's worked hard. He's become who he, who he is. But like, he realizes that he couldn't have become who he was without the support of black women, his mother, his wife, like he had to trust black women. And that's how black men specifically become successful. Their mother, their sister, their wife, the women in their lives tell them, hey, you're great, but here's where you can improve, right? And Will Smith said something that was very similar. Will Smith said that, you know, when he looked around, and he saw all of the successful men and the men that were like, you know, breaking barriers and changing the world, the way that the world saw things. He said they were all married. And so he realized that the successful, affluent men that he wanted to emulate, they were all married. So they had a woman, a strong, successful woman behind them or by their side, I should say. So the right woman as, you know, Anthony said, the right woman will help to motivate you, will help to elevate you, will help you to become a better version of yourself. So it's not saying that you're not great. You're great. You're amazing. This is talking to the men. You're great. You're amazing. But the right woman, the woman that you're supposed to be with is going to help you elevate to be a better version of who you are. She will cause you to be the greatest version of you. Not just like, hey, we're going to deal with this mediocre, like this passing version, like the C student, right? She's not just going to allow the C student to pass. She's going to say, you know what? You can do better. This is how you can elevate. 
You see, we live in this culture and it's very frustrating to me because I see it on social media and I'm sure that everyone sees it on social media all the time where these men are out here talking about how they're mistreating or I would say treating or mistreating their, the women that they like, they treat the, the women like trash. Like they're, they're kind of like putting a feather in their cap for how much they can get over on someone. Right. And they really treat these women like, you know, they run through these women like they're a bull in a china shop and they're taking pride in watching their like baby's moms or the mother of their children, I should say, struggle. Like in what world do we live in where it's like a feather in your cap that you're the mother of your children is struggling, but you're out here living this wonderful, like glamorous life. Like if you all really think about it, it's really insane. Like why do you get pleasure off of, watching the mother of the the person who gave birth to the next version of you struggle. How is that okay? This shit's actually really strange if we really are thinking about it. And if we're being honest with it, like it's, it's odd. But some of these men are out here taking pride in the fact that they can get away with whatever they want. Like, you know, they really take pride in the fact that they don't have to answer to or be accountable to anyone. They're taking pride in the fact that they aren't with good women, to be very honest with you, and, you know, let alone the right woman. So, like, some of these men are running through women that are decent, they're good, they're just not the right one for them. And then some of these men are just like, I'm just running through whatever comes my way. All of it is really crazy if we're really thinking about it. And honestly, accountability is key. Accountability is what would stop these men from being proud of their really shitty behavior and help these men grow up a little bit and understand that accountability is really a pillar of manhood. So the the grown men, they understand that women that they're with are reflections of who they are. They understand that most importantly, there's an order to things, right? And unless you're going to treat your family, your the woman that you're with, the mother of your children the right way, you're not ever going to elevate and, and grow and become a better version of yourself. So the grown men kind of understand this, but the grown men are still trying to, to break through the barriers and understand where they should be. And, you know, social media isn't really helping this situation because they're seeing their, maybe their boys, maybe it's, maybe it's not their boys. Maybe they're just seeing, you know, celebrities or whoever they're, they're seeing them run through all of these women and seeing them, what they do and how they treat the women and how they like sit back and just watch as they, you know, as they put stack their paper and the, the mother of their children is struggling to make sure that their child has, you know, daycare or camp or whatever it is. It's, it's frustrating, but we're just going to talk to the mature men and we're going to talk to the mature men that understand that in order for them to elevate, in order for them to get to the next level, in order for them to have a breakthrough, they're going to have to find the woman that was created specifically for them. It sounds hard. It sounds difficult. It sounds like a, a chore, but that woman is the one that will help them get to the next level. That woman is the only one that's going to help them get to the next level. That's the one that's going to push them outside of their comfort zone. The one that's going to tell them that, yes, you, you did that, but you can do a little bit more. The one that's not going to make it easy, but will make it worth it for them. They're going to find that woman. And I just would like to admonish all of the men, mature or not, women as well, that as we get into this new year, right? As we determine what we're going to change, the New Year's resolutions we're going to make, the things that we want to do differently, or the things that we want to do the same, the the areas in our life that we want to grow, the areas of our life that we want to like, you know, maybe do away with, as we go into this and as we try to elevate into 2024, I think we should really evaluate who we're with, specifically our significant other, our partner, who we spend time with, who we listen to, who we take advice from. And I know that this re- this episode is talking about relationships, specifically men with women, but I think we should all do a little bit about evaluation, right? This applies to friends. This applies to associates. This applies to our family members. Now look, y'all, if your family is crazy, your coworkers are crazy, whatever your job is, your boss, whatever, whatever this is, 
you need to evaluate going into, into 2024, what is going to help you elevate and go to the next level and what's not. And if they're not pushing you, if they're not motivating you, if they're not meeting you outside of your comfort zone, then it might be time to evaluate the relationship that you have with this person. Is it important to you? Do you want it? Is, what is the significance to your life? Do you want to continue along this path? Or is this something that maybe you should let fall by the wayside? I know it sounds weird to say like you're going to let people and relationships fall by the wayside, but sometimes that's what you got to do. Ask yourself, are you complacent or are you ready to go to the next level? And this is not a self-help speech. I'm not Joel Olstein. We're not trying to tell you, you know, if you do this, that you're going to, this, that's not what this is. This is real like self-evaluation of where are you? Have you fallen into a complacent place? Are you trying to go to the next level? What do you want to do? Is your partner, the person that you spend the most time with, the one that you say you love, the one that you lay down and sleep with at night, is that the person that you're supposed to be with? Is that the person that's going to elevate you to the next level? 2024, open door season. My mentor, Cheryl Jackson, she preached a, a sermon. It was called open door season. It's still open door season in 2024, but are you walking through those open doors? Or are you going to just sit in your comfort zone? That's a real question. Like, are we walking through these open doors in 24, Nicole? Or are we sitting in our comfort zone? What are we doing? So, yeah, 2024, we got to step outside of our comfort zone. I mean, we already did that in 2023, right? We stepped outside of our comfort zone. We stepped out on faith. We got to our happy places. We got divorced because we weren't happy, right? And we learned how to live happier lives. At least that's what happened with me. So people got new jobs. People moved. People got rid of people. I completely, and some people got closer to people. All of these are really good, but I do agree with you, Jenny. 2024 is the season where people are going to have to make some choices in terms of going through open doors or being comfortable where they are. And with this timeline story, I do think that women are the reason that men may push themselves outside of their comfort zones, but it really should be anybody you encounter, right? Your friend should be elevating and motivating you to do more. If you're with friends that are complacent and in the same place, if they're in the same place, how is that going to motivate you to do more? And sometimes you may outgrow a friend circle. And that's okay. It does not mean that they're not your friends. They're just not your best friends, right? You want to be with friends that are going to motivate you. And they don't have to be in the same exact field as you. But when people that are around you are doing more and moving up the ladder, it forces you to say, you know what? How can I move up the ladder? What is going to be my next move? And I'll say, like, my closest friends have all made major moves in the last year, whether that be they bought a new house or they got a new job, they got married, they got divorced. They have made moves in some way that has bettered themselves. And it's made me take a step back and say, you know what, I should be doing more. Like, what do I actually want to do in the next year, in the next two years, in the next five years, in the 10 years, just because of the people that surround me? And then your mentors should be your mentors because they're constantly pushing and elevating you. So I don't think it's just men elevating, you know, women elevating the men in their lives, although I do think that there is some something to that because I think that some men need a little bit of a nudge to realize that what you got going on is good, but it could be better, right? But your mentors are in place for that reason too, right? I have mentors that I think I'm doing good. I'm like, oh, I'm division director and I'm on the national board here, national board there. And they're like, what's your next move? I mean, it's like, they're not impressed with anything that I've done. It's what's your next move? Okay, you said you want to do this. What are you doing this year to get to that? And you need that, right? You need that constant reminder of that's good, but you said you want to do this. So what are you doing to get to this thing here that you said you wanted to do? I feel that for some, especially men, women are that force because we're sort of like the constant reminders of, well, what you had said was, you want to do this. Why are you not doing that, right? But I think that there's a role for everybody. And I think that in 2024, we not only have to figure out if the relationship is one that allows us to grow 
or not, but it's all all the relationships. Like, are the friends you hold in your place people that are going to make you feel comfortable where you are, or are they people that are motivating you by example of what you need to do? And, and like I say, they don't have to be in the same field, but when people are moving and shaking and doing things, it doesn't matter what field it is. That's going to make you look and say, well, wait, let me move and shake and do things too. And if you're not around and you don't have those people in your circle, it does. You look up and 20 years from now, you're 60, you're in the same exact place. You might have had a $1.29 raise and you got no more money in your 401k. I mean, those are things that you talk to friends about things. I was just talking to my coworker today and she was talking to me about, you know, oh, well, she doesn't want to be the breadwinner because what happens if she gets, you know, disabled, she can't work. I said, well, you get disability insurance. And she said, I don't take care of 70% of your insurance. I said, that's why you got whole life insurance, so you can tap into your whole life insurance policy. Like, there are things that she's like, oh, that's a great idea. Let me call my financial advisor to make sure I'm maximizing my whole life insurance policy, right? And I say that to say, when you are having conversations that talk about the future and the what ifs, so that financially you can be stable. That's the kind of thing you need in your circle. It's like constant talking about growth and what ifs. You need that motivation. But in your relationships, some men are not motivated. And some women are not motivators. And so when you say there are men that get pleasure out of their baby mama struggling, well, those are people that should have been more selective with their vaginas, right? Because you got to realize who you're laying down with. And men, although we're not selective, they need to be more selective with their penises too. You can't just stick your, your thing in anything and then expect that thing to motivate you to do more and then get mad because that person is not the person you think they are. Instead of helping you reach a financial goal, they want a Gucci wallet. They want a new purse because they don't understand the value of a dollar or saving. And they don't understand about planning and building. Because everybody doesn't have a build mindset. Some people are living for the right now. Some people don't care about you or what you're trying to do. They don't care. They're trying to do get what they want to get right now. So if you're laying down with a woman like that, don't be surprised when they're not motivating you to do more. Don't be surprised when they get mad when you talk about going back to school or doing other things because they're not on the same level and they're not motivators and that's why you're not motivated because you haven't selected the right person. You, you lay down with somebody because it's convenient. Because it's an opportunity. Because it was available. Shame on both parties for doing that. I don't feel no pity. I don't feel pity for the person that's struggling. Because you don't want you the person picked this, right? I don't feel no pity for the person that's not motivated. Because they end up being with the wrong person. Well, you should have been more selective. You should have done a little bit more investigation. Right? But you didn't. So uh, I don't have no pity. I think in 2024, people need to make some tough decisions. And that is, hey, either we're going to get on the same page or we're not going to get on the same page. Which one is it going to be? Either you're going to be about growth this year or you're not going to be about growth. Or you, you're going to have some depth to you or you're going to be superficial. Which is it going to be? Either you want to be an Instagram model or you want to work to build something. What is it going to be? And, you know, in and, and Atlanta, because, you know, now I'm in the A, y'all. Atlanta's a different beast, right? Everybody's driving nice, fancy things. But you don't know what they do for a living. People are living check to check, Johnny, and driving Bentleys out here. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's to impress people. 
And you're trying to impress who? The woman that's supposed to be motivating you? Let me think about that. You know, then you get mad because when you're 50, you got nothing to show for it. It's crazy. That's crazy to me how superficial some people are. And, you know, trust me, I like nice things. But I work really hard for my nice things. Not saying that other people don't, but I know I do. And I also know people that have nicer things to me that don't work hard. Don't got nice savings. And you think that the woman you're with is supposed to elevate you? Because the things you're doing is attracting a superficial woman. Nicole, you literally just chose violence the whole day. You talking about the people's rings. You done told the people that that you're driving a Bentley, living check to check. But that's real, though, Nicole. I I can tell you some people. I know some people driving a Bentley, wife drives a Maserati. And, yeah, I don't know what you do for a living. I don't. I know some people who owe a lot of money and take nice trips and things, and they can't pay their bills. I'm just saying. Mm, the taxes, though, Nicole. The taxes. The taxes. The taxes. You haven't paid you your taxes? taxes. You shouldn't. You should be going on. Oh, you stepping on people's you toes. You don't even know know the people that you stepping on the toes. I said the taxes. All of the taxes. You shouldn't be having people garnishing your wages to do what you need to do. People garnishing your wages to get you paid child support. Shame on you. Lord Jesus, have mercy. Okay, Nicole, we let's let's go on to some of these letters, please, because Nicole, we about to have no more listeners because you done stepped on everybody's toes. You know what, Johnny? But you know what? This is oh, that's deep, right? And we tell it how it is. And if that means that we make we lose a listener or two, who cares, right? We love y'all, but realistically, we here on here to be a real platform. We gonna give it to you real. We don't care who we who we hurt. This is our opinions. You can take it or you can leave it. If you leave it, shame on you because that means that you are not valuing anyway. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, Janine, are you ready to read through some of these letters from our listeners? Let's do it. All right. So, our first letter says, Nicole and Janine, my fiance and I have been together for almost four years. We got engaged about eight months ago. I'm a nurse and he worked as a barber. I was recently promoted to a nurse supervisor position over labor and delivery, which is a major leadership role with a boost in pay. Now I make over six figures. I'm also currently in an MP program. My goal is to be a nurse administrator. I'm trying to encourage my fiance to grow his clientele and save for his own barbershop. That way he doesn't have to work full time and can still generate money by employing other barbers. But he said he's comfortable working at the shop he's in. That's fine and dandy. But when I got promoted, he made comments about how I should be happy with that and not go to MP school. Now, that threw me off because we discussed our goals. But he kept saying everyone gets to a point where they should be happy with what they have and where they are in life. That's not my mentality. Now, I'm thinking that maybe we aren't compatible. I need someone who is just as motivated as I am to be successful. I feel like me climbing the ladder and him staying stagnant is really going to hinder our relationship, especially if he's not supportive of my growth. But I really do love this man and want to see him grow as well. Ladies, how can I motivate him to take the leap of faith and grow professionally? Or is this a situation where I should realize that this might not work out? What's your advice, ladies? Tricia. Tricia, let's, let's, let's. I'm not knocking any barbers because I know a whole ton of them, right? And some of them are just amazing human beings, great entrepreneurs, like just the cat's meow, right? But Trisha, it don't sound like he wants to be the cat's meow. It sounds like he's very comfortable in his comfort zone. And 
And Trisha, you are trying, it feels as if you are trying to drag him up by his bootstraps. And I have a problem with that because you're the one that's motivating him. And it doesn't seem like he's receiving the motivation. Trisha, this, this might not be the one for you. So I'm going to tell you this. I'm not going to give you any advice on this. What I'm going to ask you to do is you pray to your good Lord and you ask your good Lord, if this your man, right? Because I don't want you putting in a whole bunch of work to a man that don't have nothing to do with you. You, this is just a stop on your journey. If this isn't your man, I need you to pray to the good Lord and find out that this isn't your man. And then you're going to move on because it really feels like y'all might just be unequally yoked. And most people like to say that unequally yoked applies to your faith or your spirituality. And that's not always it. Sometimes you're unequally yoked because you're out here making nurse money and he's out here making barber money. And I'm not saying that the two monies can't look the same, but the motivation behind nurse money and the motivation behind what looks like his barber money looks two different ways. Trisha, I appreciate you for writing into us. But like, yeah, this, this ain't it. This, I, you know, I'm not going to tell you to leave your man. You know, maybe the good Lord will tell you that it is your man, but I'm feeling that this might not be your man. This might be someone else's man's and not saying that he's with someone else. I'm just saying that this might not be the one for you. And you know how the women be out here be like, this, my man, my man, my man. I don't feel like this is your man, your man, your man. I feel like this is someone else's man and you're holding up someone else's man and you're holding up getting to your man because you're too busy trying to pour into this man. That's not yours. That's just my opinion. But you talk to your good Lord and ask your good Lord what you need to do with this man. Cause I don't know that I can give you advice about this one because this ain't looking like what I need it to look like for me to feel comfortable to tell you to move forward. What you think, Nicole? So I'm going to give you some advice. And, and it's in 2024, we got to start trusting our instincts. That little tap on your shoulder that's saying, is this person for me or should I realize it's not working? You know the answer to this because you know the whole situation and we don't. So I'm going to tell you to follow your instincts with this one. But I, I would, I'm okay with your barber fiancé staying stagnant, right? Because for him, maybe that, is, maybe that is good enough, right? The problem I have with this scenario is not the fact that he doesn't want to go. Because eventually, if there's a mover and shaker around, I'm very confident that he's going to want to shake, right? He's either going to want to shake or he's going to become jealous. One of the two things is going to happen. He's going to want to shake and grow, or he's going to want to, he's going to be, it's going to tell on itself, right? It's going to tell on itself, right? The thing I have a problem with is him trying to tell you to stay stagnant. It's not the fact that he doesn't want to do what he wants to do. It's the fact that he said, this should be good enough for you. How are you going to tell me what's good enough for me? So either you want to be the cheerleader and the background and my foreground, or you don't, right? And if you don't want to grow, and you're with somebody that does want to grow, you have to realize that you're going to be the background to the foreground, period. And that goes both ways. So if I'm with a man who is successful in his own field, when I'm with him in public, I'm the background to his foreground. I'm the motivating factor to push him, right? If I'm successful, he's the background to my foreground, and you can be the background to each other's foreground. You can. But it don't look like he's trying to be the background to your foreground, girl, because he's saying, why you got to go to MP school? Is this not good enough for you? Isn't that good enough? But wait a minute. We talked about our goals. So now you don't want me to go forward because I've accomplished one thing on my to-do list. And so I'm supposed to be okay with that. I'm not supposed to be trying to grind and escalate up. I have a problem with that because to me, that is the part that is very telling, right? This is somebody that when you do become a nurse practitioner and then when you move up the ladder and you become a nurse supervisor, go back and listen to some of our other episodes. You got dudes out here stealing keys so you can't get to work on time. That's what I see with this guy, okay? That's what happens when you're with somebody that doesn't celebrate your wins. And for him to say, oh, well, this is good enough. 
that's not a celebration of win. A celebration of win is what we do the next day. You are amazing, right? Let's go for the next thing. Of course, you're going to go keep going, right? But uh, well, everybody gets to a point where they should be satisfied. Wait a minute. We're not married. You're not telling me this because I'm taking away time from the kids. So why are you telling me this? Because this is the time now for me to go and grind, right? Once you get kids, yeah, I get it. You got to prioritize your children. And you got to make sure you got enough time with them. So maybe you should be saying, let's take our time to be the next spot. Let's look to the kids' table. But you're not saying that. You're not married yet. There's no kids involved. So why are you stopping my grind? Help me accelerate my grind before I have babies. But he's not doing that. And to me, this is a key stealer. And I don't like that. I don't like it at all. So either you're going to be stagnant in your little box and you're going to be a cheerleader or you need to move on. And so I would have a conversation with this man and say, listen, I feel like we need to get on the same page. 2024, this is my, what I'm trying to do. Are you accepting of that or not? And if you're not accepting of that, I can't stay stagnant with you. Maybe I'm not the person for you. Maybe I need to move on. And he says, baby, I'm sorry. I'm here for you. But I am not personally ready to move up. That's fine. You don't have to be personally ready. But you're going to have to play background in my foreground so that you can help elevate me. And if he is not on the boat, baby, move on with the cruise, okay? Move on. Because one monkey don't stop no show. I said what I said. I am not apologetic for it at all. So as I told y'all, Nicole done chose violence. That's what's happened today. Nicole done chose violence as I'm watching little Harrison make uh, gingerbread houses with some little kids. And her mom opened up Christmas gifts on Instagram. Because Nicole done chose violence for y'all tonight. And I'm trying to see the brighter, softer side of Nicole. Because she done told y'all about yourselves five times over. So we're going to just move to the next letter, okay? So this one says, hey ladies, Sharonda here. I've been listening to you all since 2020, so I feel like I'm a charter listener. Nicole, I'm also a soror, so I feel like we're family. And I can share this with you all. Uh Uh-oh, that sounds a little menacing. I've been seeing one of my coworkers outside of work for a few months now. He is the GC at my company, and I'm the VP of DEI. We met last year at our holiday party, but didn't start seeing each other until the company picnic in August. This man is handsome, has his own house, car, he's athletic, he checks all the boxes. He doesn't have kids, never been married, he's a God-fearing man, he's almost too good to be true. I feel like I'm falling in love, but I'm nervous. I'm nervous because he checks all the boxes, but also because he is so much smarter than me and more cultured than I am. I only have a master's degree. Not only does he have a JD, but he also has a PhD in psychology as well. We've been on several dates and almost every single time that we go out, he introduces me to either a new place, a new food, or even a new concept. It almost feels as if I'm not good enough to date him. He literally is the first man that I've dated like this. I'm normally the one that introduces men to new things. I'm soon to be 40 and I would love to see where this goes, but I'm, I often feel like I'm unworthy of being with him and unworthy of his time. Nicole and Janine, should I see where this goes or should I free him to explore other options? Love, Sharonda. Hey, Sharonda. Hey, Soror. I appreciate you listening since 2020. So um, shout out to all the Sorors out there. I mean, you know, we bleed pink and green up over here. But um, all right, Sharonda, Soror girl. Uh, I'm going to say a couple things. One, be careful eating and shitting in the same place. Okay, I've talked about this on other episodes. I am not a fan of shitting and eating in the same place, right? And I, and I say that because I don't agree with fraternizing. I do not date people I work with. Why? Because if it doesn't work out, then you want to leave your job. You want to find another job. So I would say, how close are you in the job? Okay, if you're at DEI and he's VP of something, something, 
how much interaction do you guys have to do? Is it going to be awkward, the fact that you eventually may sleep together and be in the same board meeting, or is it that y'all's divisions don't cross at all? Okay. If y'all's divisions don't cross at all, I completely understand that. If it does, I would be very careful before I made this public. I would make sure that it's something very serious before I made it very public because, again, I don't agree with eating and shooting at the same time, meaning I don't sleep with people I work with. Okay, I think that that can cross the lines of being very unprofessional. I think that that can, can violate some fraternization policies. You have to be very careful with that, okay? But let's say y'all are not fraternizing. Let's say that you over here and he over there, and the only reason y'all ran into each other is because of the holiday party, which is what you're making it sound like. Girl, you are a woman of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Uh-uh, you better than you think. Let's, let's start there. And number two, it's okay to be the motivated person and not always the motivator. I think as black women, we constantly feel like we have to motivate other people. And so when we get around somebody that's self-motivated, it's like, wait a minute, this is out of my league. Oh my God. No, girl, let him motivate you. You only have a master's and you're intimidated because he has, you know, a JD and a PhD. Or maybe that should motivate you to grow to apply for other jobs, to go back and get your PhD. Who knows, right? Go back and get whatever that thing is that you wanted to achieve a long time ago, but you thought that, oh, I'm almost 40, I'm too old to do that. Maybe it's time for you to revisit that. And I think that being with somebody that has so many accomplishments, that is a reminder of, hey, you're better than me, or you know, perceived to be better than me, maybe something that is motivating for you to do more. But if you were, if he was out of your league, he would never approach you. Um, and I also think that we need to celebrate all of our wins and give ourselves credit. Imposter syndrome is a real thing, okay? Don't belittle a master's. Most people don't have a master's, okay? So don't belittle what you've already achieved, okay? What, what you've achieved is enough. You are enough. And I think that it's amazing to be motivated by the person you date. And my thing is, if you're in the room and you're the smartest person in the room, leave that room and get in another room, okay? It's good to be around circles of people who are going to motivate you to do more. It is good to not be the smartest person in the room. It is good to talk to people that can elevate you, that can share knowledge with you that you didn't know before. That's a good thing. That's the way that we grow. If you're always the smartest person, who is helping you grow? So let's, I would say, as long as it's not violating any fraternization policies and you wait to exploit this relationship, which is very serious, let's see where this goes. It sounds like he's checking all the boxes. I'm sure you checked the boxes for him. Let's see where this goes. Like, let's not sabotage ourselves in this relationship. Let's be happy. See where it goes. Trust the process. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But it sounds like this is a great guy, and I don't want you to you know, miss out on the opportunity to be with somebody that can elevate you more. What do you think, Jenny? So I'm going to say this, right? There's, there's just a certain level of um, expertise that we have as women that men don't have, regardless of whether they have a degree or not. Right. So I will say, I will say that I think that it is a little intimidating to be with someone who is smarter than you are. Right. But I'm not with Nicole on the fraternization policy. Nicole is with my husband, right? So for y'all that don't know, and if you haven't already understood this or heard this, then that means you have to go back and listen to some of our episodes from before. But Ken used to be my boss's boss, right? And he refused, and I tell you, refused to talk to me when we were working together. So to Nicole's point, don't eat and ish in the same place. It's weird. Right. When dogs do that, we we put them in a, a facility because they're typically not well. Right. So I agree with Nicole on that point. However, I will say this. When there is a man that is willing to expose you to things and he's not going to give you the stigma of, oh, I did this or he's not going to make you feel guilty about doing this. I would really sit down and think, you know, this might be the one. And not saying that that's what you should expect of a man, but we live in a world in which men thrive off of 
of being the one that's kept or being the one that is the the prize, right? And they thrive off of watching their baby mom struggle while they're driving around in a Maserati or a Bentley, right? If we can live in a world where you find a man that is educated and checks all the boxes and he's in his 40s, I'm assuming because you said that you were approaching 40 or close to, he, he's close to his 40s, and he checks all the boxes, no baby mom, he has his own things and there are no red flags, maybe we should pursue this. I know that it's a struggle, right? But if we go back to what Anthony said, Anthony told us that it's not going to be comfortable, right? Like it's not going to be comfortable to be with the woman that you are supposed to be with because she's not just going to let you rest on your laurels and be mediocre. So the same thing applies to a man. Do we want to be with the man that allows us to be mediocre? Is that the one you want us to be with? No, you want to be with the man that's going to push you and make you want to do better. That's going to expose you to new things and it, and it propel you to higher heights. Why do you want to be with the mediocre man? Why do you want to be with the man that's taking you to Cheesecake Factory? No shot, no shade to Cheesecake Factory because Janine will eat Cheesecake Factory Monday through Friday. But Saturday and Sunday when you're taking me on a date, don't take me to Cheesecake Factory, right? I'm just saying... Let's appreciate it when we find what we've asked for, right? Because I'm sure if you're saying that he's checked all the boxes, you've asked for everything that's in every one of those boxes. If he's checking those, let's be grateful for those boxes that he's checking. This may be the one. You're worried about the wrong things. You're worried about how you don't measure up. You're not always going to measure up. Sometimes you have to level up once you get there. I think, Sharonda, I think that's where you are. You have a master's. He has a JD and a PhD. Maybe because that's what seems to be important to you because that's what you wrote to us in the letter. Maybe that's what he's going to help you level up to. I, I, I don't know what he is supposed to teach you, what you're supposed to learn, or if you're even supposed to be with him long term. But what I am very certain of is if he's exposing you to things and teaching you things, then you are absolutely supposed to learn something from this relationship. Now, is this relationship supposed to be long-term? Janine doesn't know, but I will tell you this, what you're learning, what you're growing, how you're growing and how you're going to propel into the next level of your life into 2024 is probably going to be with him because he seems to be it. And don't be skeptical because that's what the world teaches you to be. You don't need to be skeptical. This, this man he seems to be real. He seems to be true. It's very difficult to hide who you are from your coworkers. Does he have other friends at work? Do you, might you want to ask or converse with them to see who he genuinely is? Maybe don't expose your relationship, but maybe, you know, converse with his, the people that he associates with at work to kind of try to see if maybe he really is who he's saying that he is. I don't want us to always be skeptical. And this is something for, to not just Sharonda, but all of the women. I don't want us to always be skeptical when something seems to be good, too good to be true. And here's why. Because it, it gives this perception that you are somehow jaded and that there are not men that can meet all of your criteria and not have a baby mom and have their own place and their own car and all of the things, right? There are black men out here that are excelling, Right? And they could be excelling even more if you, and by you, it's, it's a proverbial you, if you were in their corner helping them, pushing them, elevating them to the next level. But we're a little skeptical thinking, oh, this is too good to be true. And subsequently, we live in a world where the proverbial you is not willing to help push, motivate because we think, oh, the other shoe is going to drop, Right. 2024, we're going to live the soft life. And by soft life, I mean, we're going to not be as skeptical. We're not going to be jaded. We're going to genuinely see what people are giving us. If they're giving us own house, own car, never been married, don't have a baby mama, if they're giving us all of that, we're going to take it for what it is. Now, not saying we're not going to get burnt, not saying that can't happen, but we're going to take it for what it is, take what we are given at face value and be appreciative and understanding that there are black men and men in general, 
not just black men, that can really just give us what we've always been looking for. Sharonda, he might be smarter, but he might be your one. All I'm saying, no need to, to allow him to explore other options. He's gotten his option with you, Sharonda. He is, he's interested in you. You didn't tell us he was looking at other people, flirting with other coworkers. You didn't tell us none of that. Explore what this can be. I'm just saying. Let, let, write us back in six months when y'all are engaged to be married with a diamond that wasn't crushed diamonds, as Nicole said. But I'm just saying, Sharonda, write us back. I think, I think this might be a, a match made in heaven. All right, Jenny. So what did you learn new this week? Okay. So according to a 2017 study that was done by IF Studies, which it's, it's basically a family study website, right? It's ifstudies.org. And it said that in 2017, and this is a while ago, but there are no, there's no updated data that I could find, that in 2017, a record 25% of men married up educationally specifically, not financially, but educationally. So 25% of men in 2017 married women that were far more educated than they were. And this was a drastic increase from the 7.1% in 1960, and even an increase from the 15.9% in 1990. So in 2017, that was the first time since recorded history that men were marrying up educationally more so than women were. So 2017 is when the, the, the women were like, look, we're going to get all these degrees and the men are going to have to meet us here. What did you learn new this week, Nicole? I bet that number, if you look at black women, is probably um, very discordant, right? Like I'm pretty sure that more black men marry women with degrees and they didn't have one. I mean, just just statistically, there are more black women going to college than black men. Just so, just throwing it out there. But, um, but very good information that shows that we are becoming, you know, moving up the the ladder and um, being in a more equitable society where women are just as educated as men. Too bad the dollar doesn't say that women still get paid less than men for the same job titles, same job duties, same hours, we still get paid less money. But hopefully that um, wage gap continues to close. Anyway, so what I learned, there's an article in Hack Spirit, which is sort of like an entertainment um, magazine, and it lists 16 signs that you're an alpha female and that most men find you intimidating. 16, I'm going to go through them quickly because we ain't got the time today, right? Number one, you're your own superhero. You don't need to be motivated by others, right? Number two, you know what you want in life. Number three, you cherish honesty and vulnerability from a man. Next, you are comfortable with intimacy. Number five, you can read people well. So you can spot BS because you know yourself well. So you know when people are fooling you. Um, next, you respect others and demand respect for yourself. Number seven, you are intense with everything. You go hard in everything you do, right? That's what they mean by intense. Number eight, you know your worth. Number nine, you give things your all. Number 10, you encourage others to be their best self. Number 11, you like to be in charge. Number 12, you don't, quote, need a man in your life. You prefer one, but you don't need one. 13, you have a strong personality. You're not timid with your opinion. 14, you're a feminist, so you want to elevate other women. Number 15, you're okay with being the provider, quote, unquote. Like, you don't mind paying the bills. You don't mind doing all the things. If you have a partner that's worthwhile. And then number 16, you're okay taking control. So I guess people find that a little intimidating. I mean, I mean hmm. yeah, I think it can be intimidating a little bit. But oh well. Exactly. 
All right, so you ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. And this one comes from Jude Taylor, who's the author of that article. And she says, if you are lucky enough to be in a relationship with a strong woman, you'll become your best self because she is working on being her best self. She'll expect that from you and you'll thank her for it in the end. Until we meet again, pray, work, slay, and show off your melanated excellence. Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep, BWC. Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.